0: This Fit Cookie Crumbles mini episode solving the runner's trot's dilemma is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Go to InsideTracker.com/fitcookie to get twenty five percent off of your Inside Tracker purchase. Welcome to this episode of Fit Cookie Crumbles, where we talk about how the cookie crumbles in quick episodes to get straight to the point on common runner and nutrition topics. And today we are going to be covering probably a topic uh, not a lot of people talk about until you've been running for a long time, and then it seems to be all you talk about, but your poop habits, your bathroom habits, and the runner's trots. So if you're thinking to yourself, what are the runner's trots, Holly? They are when you are running and all of a sudden you have the very sudden urge to poop and go to the bathroom and you need it immediately. You needed it like five seconds ago. Maybe it's even too late and you're wondering if you can make it in time. Been there? Same. So let's dive into the SparkNotes version, which we do in the Fit Cookie Crumbles episodes in case you just want to cut straight to the point and you want me to give you the answer. So for runner's trots, key takeaways are you don't want to be eating too much fiber or fat pre-run or too much volume in general, especially if you're adjusting um, from fasted running, which we talked about in the last Crumbles episode. You want to be well hydrated. You want to not be nervous. You want to address any underlying gut issues or dysbiosis that could be causing this. And you might just need some time to adjust to this new running habit of yours if you're a new runner. So let's dive in further to why runner's trots can occur. And then we're going to talk about in more depth, all of those bullet points on how to solve the problem. Since nobody likes having to find the emergency bathroom on the run, (laughs) especially during a, a race or a goal marathon, that's never a fun experience. So essentially, why does this happen in the first place? So if you think about running, it's a bit different than a lot of other types of movement because we're literally jostling our system around as we bounce up and down, hopping on one foot to the other in a forward propulsion motion. So, you know, essentially we do jostle our systems around quite a bit. So if anything's not quite right in there, it's going to be amplified, which is kind of what running does to any health condition in general. It amplifies it. So you know, if you have a small pain in one of your feet, if you run on it, that amplifies that pain. If you're underfueled and then you go run, it amplifies the fact that you're underfueled. <laughs> um, It's kind of like a microphone when it comes to any weakness, which is why it's important to focus on strengthening our weaknesses so that we can become better runners. So in terms of running, um, you know, aside from it just jostling your gut around in general, It also does something else. So when you're running and you're exercising in general, your blood gets shunted away from your core and away from your organs and your um, gastrointestinal system to support the working muscles that are allowing you to run because it needs to bring your blood needs to bring oxygen to those muscles and your organs aren't quite as important in that moment. So what happens there? is that blood gets shunted away from your gut and your stomach. So if there's anything left in there that's not digested or that's not going great, um, essentially it's just going to be sloshing around because there's no blood to help it digest. Super interesting, right? So that's why when you stop running, sometimes that urgency goes away because the blood kind of, you know, can divert itself back to your GI system and function. So, That's one reason why this happens. So essentially it slows um, or rather quickens gastric, gastric emptying because blood shunted away from the GI system, which causes things to go straight through us if there's anything left over. Now, typically things that take a really long time to digest like fiber and protein and fat, they take a long time to digest, right? So they get left in the gut for longer periods of time. So If you eat too much fiber or too much fat or too much protein pre-run or very shortly pre-run or even for some people within like two or three hours before you run where you had that salad for lunch and you really think you're doing fine and then you go for your afternoon run and you're like, oh, no, Um, especially if you're extra sensitive or you tend to have IBS tendencies anyway, it's a really good idea to limit fat and fiber and protein within three to four hours pre-run for a lot of sensitive people and at least an hour or two pre-run for those who are not as sensitive. So essentially pre-run, we want to focus on low fiber, quick digesting carbohydrates, and that becomes more important the closer we get to our run when we're fueling. Let me just take a minute to thank today's sponsor for this episode, which is Inside Tracker. Now, if you guys are new around here or maybe you're not new around here, you probably know how much I love Inside Tracker and use it on myself and on my clients. When you do what you love, like running, racing, or enjoying the great outdoors, you probably want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can totally help. It was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics using InsideTracker's Tracker's patented algorithm. InsideTracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then InsideTracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, Fitcookie Nutrition subscribers can get 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. So you can head over to the link in the show notes or go to inside slash fitcookie to get 25% off of your order. Now let's get back to today's episode. Another reason that runner's trots can happen are from dehydration. So if you are not getting enough water or your electrolyte balance is not quite there, it's imbalanced. That can cause water to not get absorbed from your gut into your bloodstream, which can cause water to be sloshing around in your gut as you're jumping up and down and also shunting blood away from your system. And that water sloshing around can cause lovely watery diarrhea or even nausea and vomiting as well, which I kind of put under this runner trots umbrella. So being adequately hydrated is super important. And on that note too, Carbohydrate is also a component of hydration. So as you get further into your long runs, um, if it's a pretty mild you know, temperature outside and it's not too hot out, it's important to take carbohydrates in your long runs and also um, take your hydration and electrolytes all in a certain strategic way because carbohydrates also help the electrolytes and water component hydrate you. If you take too many carbohydrates on the run, or if you take the same amount of carbohydrates you would in the winter versus the heat of the summer, you may also experience GI distress or runner's trots. So we're going to talk more about long run feeling in the next episode, so stay tuned for more specifics on that. But for now, know that hydrating yourself pre-run and during your longer runs or hot runs is important to prevent runner's trots. Now, another thing that can cause runners trots and people, and this has definitely happened to me before, is just nerves. So if you are nervous, if you've had like a stressful day, or maybe you're experiencing like a higher just season of stress in your life, or if it's the day of your big race and you're super nervous and you're just trying to get all your ducks in a row, nerves, well, they can cause our GI system to become nervous as well because your gut, Has a brain called the enteric nervous system, which is directly connected by the vagus nerve to your actual brain. So, if you are nervous in your actual brain, it will make your gut brain nervous. And kind of the same thing if you have, you know, um, gut dysbiosis, which we'll talk about next, where the microbiome in your gut isn't quite what it should be. Maybe it's a bit imbalanced, there's some unfriendly bacteria down there, or there's some bacteria that are growing in the wrong places. They can also affect your gut brain and make your gut brain nervous, which in turn, you guessed it, makes your actual brain nervous. So your brain and your gut brain talk to each other all day. Um, And there's a lot we are starting to understand more about the gut microbiome. And there's a lot we still don't understand. I like to describe that topic like the ocean. We know it's there. We know a lot of the stuff that's in there, but we don't really know the depths of it because it's just so complex and big. (laughs) So essentially, if you're nervous or if you're stressed, um, you know, finding some stress management strategies to give yourself um, some peace and some calmness can help um, calm down a nervous gut. And then dysbiosis, like I talked about. So that basically means, like I said, that there's an imbalance of bacteria in your gut. Maybe there's more bad bacteria than there are good bacteria. Maybe there's bacteria growing in the wrong places where they shouldn't be. And like I said, this can cause a lot of other gut issues that have nothing to do with running. But running is a microphone, and it amplifies the problem and makes it worse. So addressing any gut imbalances is also key to help your gut on the run. And then last but not least, like I said, if you're someone who, you know, maybe you used to wake up and you used to just go for a run without eating anything before or drinking anything before and you're in the process of starting to incorporate something small, that's great. Sometimes it can take four to six weeks, though, of consistently doing that in order for your gut to adjust and learn how to tolerate that fuel well. And it might just take you some time to adapt to that. So, While you're training your gut to absorb fuel better, honestly, you might want to be close to a bathroom on some of those morning runs for the first few miles until you've adjusted. And if you're finding that you're still really not doing well with whatever you're taking, um, you know, four to six weeks in, maybe switch it up and try something milder with less fat, less fiber even some juice or some generation you can, or a couple other things that I recommend to my clients that I'll incorporate in an offer at the end of this podcast for you to go check out for free as well. So give yourself some time to adjust to that. And that being said, too, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, I've never eaten anything before my my long runs, or I never eat anything on my long runs, like I said, your gut requires time to be well-trained to tolerate fuel. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, on my next race, I'll just take a bunch of gels because Holly said that I need to fuel my runs. Nothing new on race day. If you take carbohydrate after a long period of never having done that before, you can absolutely expect nine times out of 10 to have GI distress because your gut has not been trained to tolerate what you just put into it on the run. It's like, hey, what the heck are you doing? So it does require some gut training um, and some time. So practice when you are training for the race rather than just showing up um, on race day and taking a bunch of new things that you've never taken before. So in terms of the runner's trots, they happen For sure. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Maybe you've done everything right that I just talked about, and maybe your stomach's just off that day. And those days are the days that are kind of a bummer because you can't really predict them. But doing the best you can means, you know, practicing your fueling strategy, especially the night before and the day of um, your really hard workouts or your longer runs or races practicing fueling during the run, getting your hydration up to speed. And again, if you tend to be a more sensitive person or if you have like IBS or Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or anything like that, you also might want to think about limiting fat and fiber Very, very far in advance from your hard effort or from your long run. And some of my clients even benefit from pretty much eliminating most fiber the week of their marathon because they're just so sensitive and it helps their system become a little bit more efficient by eliminating it for the short term. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fit Cookie Crumbles. If you are looking for a step by step process, Um, of how to strategically implement nutrition strategies to improve your relationship with food, your body image, your performance, and fuel your runs really confidently, and you're just looking for that step-by-step roadmap, and you want to prevent injuries as well. My Runner Roadmap course is currently open for enrollment, and you can get a 10% discount by using the code F-C-N, which is the the acronym for Fit Cookie Nutrition, so F-C-N Podcast, which is in the show notes, for 10% off at checkout if you are interested in enrolling in that course. You can also visit the link in the show notes to download my free Fueling on the Run guide for some ideas of how to incorporate gut-friendly pre- and post-run nutrition and different snack and meal ideas to use for that. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this. That's how the cookie crumbles. And until next time, happy running. mm <sweep>